conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me Hey everyone, before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that you can follow Welcome to Geekdom on Instagram at Welcome to Geekdom and on Twitter at Geekdom Pod. There are links to those in the show notes. You can also support the show on Patreon, where I will be releasing bonus content for this podcast and my other podcast, Chat Cemetery. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. There are links to all of those things in the show notes, so be sure to do that. It is a huge help for the show, and I really appreciate it. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to Geekdom is Back. I'm your host, Deanna Chapman, and I am joined today by Janice Hawkins, and we are talking all about Brian Lee O'Malley's comic book, Seconds. I guess we would call this graphic novel because it is very large. It's like... 320 pages. But Janice, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. A little snowy, just like it is in the book where I am. Miraculously not snowy here. Oh. Which makes no sense. (laughs) I mean, there was snow. It melted. But anyway, before we dive in, I just want to point out that the drawing assistant on this is Jason Fisher. The letterer is Dustin Harbin. And the color artist is Nathan Fairbairn. I hope that's correct. He's the only other person I've heard of other than the writer. But Janice, you recommended this to me and I would like to know why. I think what happened is that I sent you a picture of my bookshelf and you asked me if it was good and I said, yeah. I don't know if that comes off as like straight away a recommendation, but I really like it. When it came out in 2014, I think that would have made me 25 I got it right away, like as soon as it came out, because I really liked Scott Pilgrim. Okay. And I like devoured it immediately. And I remembered liking it, but I didn't realize, like, I don't think it really, it wasn't the right time for me to be reading the book. And now that I'm 31, rereading it was like such a delight because I was like, oh, I get it now. (laughs) That's amazing. I know I sent you a picture while I was reading this, like when you hit the first section after like the little introduction. And I was like, I feel attacked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when she's talking to herself, I'm like, everything's totally fine. I was like, why does she have to be 29? What timing is this? (laughs) She's a self-made woman doing her own thing, paving her own way, saving up money so she can move out and chase her dream. Yep. (laughs) I also had some, oh, this might be good for (laughs) Deanna to read. But yeah, so to break down the plot of this, I guess. You have Katie, who's a young chef, and she basically kind of co-owns this restaurant called Seconds, and it seems to be in the middle of nowhere, which is amazing that they get so many people there all the time. Yeah, location is confusing in this, because I'm like, okay, it's the most popular restaurant in town, but it's definitely like outside of the town. town. I assume somewhere in Canada is the best guess that I have. And then she finds this house spirit just only in her apartment, really, not anywhere else other than the rafters to eat some bread. And we'll go into that later. But basically, she finds these magical mushrooms that allow her to have do-overs with her mistakes. She has to write them down in a notebook. And as I was reading this, I was kind of surprised this was something that you enjoyed. What's that? Because... You don't like horror things. 
I was like, this is a house spirit. Why does Janice like this? And then there was like a big shadow monster. And I was like, is this supposed to be a horror comic? It's it's not scary, but it felt like it was kind of a nice blend of kind of, I guess, slice of life and supernatural horror stuff. Yeah, I think that that's a great point. It reminds me a lot of Scott Pilgrim in that way, where it's like very much a story grounded on normal realistic characters in the real world with like just some strange fantastical elements that kind of come out of left field that play a big part in the story like some dude just going about his life and people have superpowers and challenged him to a fight or like you know it's the same kind of thing it's just like she's just a chef living her life and then oh turns out like how spirits are real and also magic and if you remove one they get very upset oh yeah and if you eat all their mushrooms yeah if you eat all their food, if you start turf wars, really just normal things that upset normal people. That's fair. Although most normal people would not rearrange your entire room slash apartment. <laughs> oh, maybe I'm not normal then. <laughs> I'm learning a lot about myself today through this. But do you go rearranging other people's areas of their apartment or just yours, Janice? I haven't not done it. <laughs> But usually it's consensual furniture rearranging. That's fine then. Yeah, it's fine. It's (laughs) It's normal. So even though this is over 300 pages long, it did not feel over 300 pages long. And I think it's because it's like smaller than other comics. Like it's shorter in size. Yeah. It's like a whole section of panels shorter than most comic book pages. Definitely. It's like only like under 10 panels per page and they... I really like the way they space it out, the layouts, and how registered on the page. There's a lot to just, like, have you turning the pages over and over again. The timing is really good in all of it. Yeah, the pacing works really well. And one thing I liked is that they play around with the format a little more, too, because some characters will pop up, like, not in a panel, but on the page. So we see this happen with, I think, Hazel throughout. And Hazel's one of the servers at seconds. And I didn't actually finish the plot of the story. So (laughs) I should do that. But basically, Katie wants to open her own second restaurant. And she has a partner, Arthur. And as she goes through and starts changing things, Max ends up being the partner. And then she is married all of a sudden. And so many things happen and she's like, oh no, what have I done? I have to undo all of this. And in the meantime, Hazel is kind of picking up on things that happened in previous versions of events. And if I'm not mistaken, they call them revisions in here, which is fun because it's like an editor term. Yeah, it's cool. She's just like, yeah, she's making edits. She wrote a page. She rewrote it. She revised it. And she forgot the original. (laughs) Yeah. Or she jumped too many pages ahead and now she doesn't know what happened. Yeah. She's like, wait, don't you remember this conversation? So she remembers things that other people don't remember. But then at the same time, because she keeps jumping ahead, she's like missing time for the new timeline. And the way this plays with time, because she's not time traveling necessarily. She has lived all of these timelines (laughs) she just has no recollection of most of them that's an important thing i think to point out too like there's this imagery of the tree whether it's the tree by the building or where there it's the tree that's kind of like is it on the cover too yeah it's on the back cover of the book but 
it's kind of like a tree of life tree. Mm -hmm. And uh, each timeline that she leaves continued on without her. It's just that the version of her that's in that timeline jumped to a parallel universe. She entered like the spider verse and went into a different Katie's life. So it's not like she's, yeah, changing the past. She's like entering her own parallel universe and trying to figure out what that Katie has done with her life. And we slowly see everything going wrong because in the, we'll call it the present day timeline, if you will, the main timeline we start with, she has this fling with Andrew. Andrew. Yes. Okay. I I kept getting Andrew and Arthur confused. I was like, could you have picked names that started with different letters, please? (laughs) And we see how that goes wrong and it turns into something else entirely when she ends up married to Max. So it went from this innocent thing to this, oh no, I've made a terrible mistake thing. And you don't see her realizing that all along the way. You just see her kind of taking it in stride each time, I guess. And then it all suddenly clicks and she's like, there's skeletons working in the kitchen. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's really interesting how like the initial changes that she makes to the timeline are like minor things. Like the very first time that Katie makes a change to the timeline, it's because Hazel is the one who's kind of been taking care of the house spirit. And I don't know if Hazel like knows what's going to, or if Liz, the house spirit knows what's going to happen in the future or if she's just got a vibe or something, but she gives the first mushroom to Katie as a way of trying to help Hazel because something is happening. So it's kind of like Hazel was the one who was taking care of Liz and Liz wanted to return the favor. And then when Katie found a bunch of more mushrooms in the floorboards of the building, she started taking them for her own personal use, which is contentious with the house spirit. But like her first changes are so innocuous. It's just like, oh, I wanted to not stay up all night watching Netflix, but I ended up binging that show. I'm just going to do a revision. Um, or like, oh, I drank too much. Now I'm hungover. Or I ate that sandwich and I like feel really bad now. I'm just going to redo that. And like, that's so relatable. And then as she becomes more and more of like, kind of like going out of control with trying to control her own life and her own like perfectionism and her like fears of messing up, she like starts making bigger and bigger changes that make her life harder <laughs> and more confusing. Yeah, because there's a ripple effect and it's kind of like her own ambition gets in the way because she's so determined to have this second restaurant open, but she picked literally the worst location possible for it. If I'm not mistaken, she was like, yeah, it's under the bridge. And who wants to go under a bridge? <laughs> no one. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to get to. It's hard to see. But there's something about the vibes that she's like, yes. And it's funny that that place ends up having its own house spirit and like partnering with it. It's under the bridge. It makes sense that it has a house spirit. Beside under the bridge, you know, it's like the last stop before you go (laughs) under. No, yeah, it's still not great. It's not a great choice. (laughs) No, it's not. It's funny, though, because like... In like dealing with regret and decisions, like she regrets picking that place. She regrets how long it took. She regrets not telling people things sooner. But when she starts making those big changes to her life, things get so much worse. Like the more that she fixes those things to try and like get what she wants, the more she ends up having to compromise herself. Like it's no longer her restaurant. It's their restaurant. It's no longer her making like the decisions. It's 
them making decisions together. And she's like losing the more she tries to have control over her life, the less control of like her dream she ends up having. And so it's kind of like about her learning to live with the choices that she's makes, which is something I think that every adult has to do by the time they're like 30 ish is be like, okay, I made those choices and they might not have been great, but they were mine and we have to move forward from them. Yeah. And you see how she goes from calling seconds, basically like a prison. <laughs> and, you know, she hates going there, but she still does it because she lives upstairs. So it's kind of unavoidable because it doesn't seem like there's like a separate entrance to her apartment. No. She has to go literally through like the whole restaurant to get to it. And she can't help herself because this place is something she had a hand in creating, but things have changed so much. Max used to work in the kitchen and then he just keeps showing up. And, you know, she gets all paranoid about everything too because she's like, who's this? And he's like, this is my sister. She's like, no, it's not. She's 12. <laughs> yeah. It's like, actually, I'm 19. It's so in her mind, it's like time just isn't a thing unless it has to do with the other restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, she even like comments that it's like her purgatory. It's like that's what it was, not prison. It is. I think she says it's. I think she does both for sure. Basically the same thing, though. <laughs> yeah, she's just living out every day over and over again in the same place. Yeah, it's gotta be rough. Yeah, and you see her develop this friendship with Hazel that takes time because everyone else at the restaurant is like Hazel's kind of weird. She likes closing and. I'm guessing no one likes closing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it seems like the other employees distance themselves from her, except for Patrick, who has a crush on her. And I kind of wish we saw more of Patrick because it's like they announce that and then they just leave it until the end. Yeah, we can get into it later. But that's like one of my few criticisms about it is the development of some of those plot lines. There's some characters and like some leads that end up just kind of going out into nowhere. But yeah, like tell me more about Patrick. Why does he deserve Hazel? <laughs> She's great. Yeah. Cause I don't know anything about Patrick other than his name is Patrick and he works in the kitchen. Yeah. There's all the things. Also, there's a point in it where Hazel like mentions that she's never had a boyfriend and Katie's like, do you not like boys? And she's like undecided or something like, I don't know, basically. And then to see her end up with Patrick, I'm like, that's like the most milk toast of the boys. <laughs> that's a fair point. I didn't even think about that when that happened. Cause they made that comment with Patrick saying he was going to ask her out tomorrow or whatever. And they're like, you always say that mm -hmm. it happened so early in the comic that by the time that scene happens with, Hazel and Katie in Hazel's room, I had already forgotten about Patrick mm -hmm. making that comment. And then like, however many pages later, it's not that many pages later, they're like, oh, they're going out. Okay. They lived cool. happily ever after. <laughs> Everyone had a good ending. We're tying up all the bows. I feel like um, one of the things that must have been hard for Brian Lee O'Malley in the transition from like Scott Pilgrim was a really long book series where he got to like kind of go completely in depth with every plot line he wanted to go in depth with and flesh out. It'd be like reading 
all of the Game of Thrones books or all of the Harry Potter books or all of the Lord of the Rings books. And then condensing if they had like, if you had to summarize it into one short thing. And so I feel like with seconds, it's a really good, but really probably difficult for him exercise in being more concise because like, there was the stuff with Patrick. There was like the hasty happy and everyone was happy and everything everyone wanted happened. And then there was also just like, like Katie, when she goes and takes Hazel to the hospital, she's like, Oh, you know, I don't like hospitals. And then later kind of like, kind of vaguely mentions that her mom had died. And that's all you ever get. That's those two points on that. And you're like, okay, that's good characterization, but also I have so many more questions <laughs> or like, when Andrew like is t- confronting her and he's like, you never cared about me in the way that I wanted. I wanted to like learn from you. I wanted to be your protege. And she's like, wait, what? And then you're like, no, I want to learn no more about that. I want to know more about poor Andrew out here who like joined this job to do all these things. And at least you get that information <laughs> with Andrew. That's true. But again, this is about Katie and her regrets and her mistakes. Yeah. And everyone else is kind of just along for the ride because you have Max sort of confessing this whole thing like I didn't know what I was doing with my life and then it's just like okay cool <laughs> thanks for that yeah <laughs> but I still really love this comic because I like when things focus on a specific character and you get to see their story through but the problem is I like so many of these other characters I wanted to know more about them that I feel like literally Hazel could have her own book explaining more about all of those stories her grandmother told her. Oh, I would love to read that. Yeah. I, yeah. Right. It was her grandmother. Aunt, maybe. Aunt. Grant, her grant. Sure. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, No, it could be her grandma. Again, a person who showed up in like one moment to like Katie in the house. (laughs) And I love... I love all the little details that make each character unique. Like you look at a character and you remember who they are later when you see them again. And everyone's so different and interesting. Yeah. I don't remember the names of any of the blondes though. Uh, Yana, end of list. Yara? Yara. Maybe it's Yara and not Yana. I'm not going to look at the book. But. Was there only one? Did I did I think there were two and there was only one? There's the house spirit and then the waitress. Yeah, no. I mean real people, not not the house spirit. Okay. Well, how spirits are people? No, they're probably not. (laughs) I don't think that's how spirits work. (laughs) Oh, and I liked their like cameos from the Scott Pilgrim books. Like their characters, like Ramona and uh, Scott are eating dinner in the restaurant at one point. Or like there's the whole bread makes you fat joke. Yes. (laughs) So I appreciated that there were very few, but some shout outs. Yeah, I've only seen the movie i haven't read Ah. any of the comics because there's what like six or eight books for the comics or something like that there's quite a few yeah i don't know the number off the top of my head i i know i've seen a box set floating around out there and every time i'm like ooh, should not buy this (laughs) it's really good both are great i mean edgar ray did a great job with the movie but uh the books are very wonderful too and they have so much more like interesting characterization but that's not why we're here No, but everyone should go watch that movie anyway. It's so good. It is. And, you know, I want to dive into the mushrooms a little more because we don't get to know why they exist, really. We just know that they do. And Liz is kind of like the one watching over them, essentially. 
the fact that they were only under like the one section of the restaurant where Katie was making out with Andrew. I was like, how many times has she been here? <laughs> and she's just Never now noticed. noticing something is right <laughs> under her. Because, well, one, when you're inside a building, you don't want to be able to see the ground underneath. So I was just like... And it's like is this- the pantry. <laughs> it's like the food walk-in freezer I mean, mushrooms are food, so, like- so I guess that's fine. <laughs> I guess those ones probably not, but... <laughs> but what I did like was... There were rules to it because one of the things that drives me crazy with some supernatural kind of stuff is when there's very clearly no rules and it's just like anything goes and you're like, but why? But in this, we find out because she takes the pot of mushrooms to her car that she cannot eat them outside of the building, which I thought was really fun and clever because even though her car was literally parked right outside like she was still on the property you had to physically be in the restaurant for that to happen i liked that too and i liked that it like came out completely unchewed i can't imagine (laughs) what that would be like to throw a mushroom in your mouth and then just be like "Uh uh-huh it didn't work and it like it looked disgusting when she took it out too and then just put it back i was like that's nasty (laughs) But she was like, I cannot waste the mushroom. Yeah. (laughs) Like, she became so obsessed. And I know you don't read Stephen King things, but there's a novella, Gwendy's Button Box, where there's this box and you can press certain buttons and they do certain things. And Gwendy becomes obsessed with it. And that's what this reminded me of. Gwendy's Button Box came out after this. But it was kind of like the same concept of this person knows what's going to happen if they do this thing. And so they keep doing it and doing it and doing it, and it just makes everything worse. Yeah, I like things that are like that. Um, I also just really liked that it was a mushroom, too, because it made me think of, like, in video games, like a Mario game, your, like, extra lives are mushroom-based. And so it's kind of like that similar thing where she, like, messed up. She, she like, quote-unquote... <laughs> made a mistake and she's like all right time to time to use an extra life that kind of is what she was doing though because it was creating all these different timelines it is kind of like the multiverse too because then you didn't necessarily have all of these different versions of katie but you had all of these different outcomes based on resetting the timeline essentially so it's kind of like flashpoint but without any superheroes even better I'm just making references to a bunch of things you don't like. I like superheroes sometimes. It's fine. Is there anything else that really stood out to you with this book? I know there's so much we could dive into because, again, like we said, there's so many different timelines. We could talk about each one, but I kind of want people to go read this because even though we've said everything that happens, I feel like you still don't know everything that happened until you read this. Yeah. I think the only thing that I really want to talk about other than that is just like I think one of the things that made Katie such a like really understandable character that I really appreciate I always get kind of like leery when men write stories where women are the main character because a lot of times they don't treat them like normal people and I really loved Katie in this because she felt totally realistic totally believable and like things that everyone goes through but like I love that she doesn't see what others see in her 
and she's had to like have all these interactions through it where like people have to straight up tell her like, Hey, I wanted to be your protege or like, I was so impressed the first time I met you, you were so cool. And she's like, what, what? It's like, she's oblivious to herself. (laughs) Yeah. Or like even the house spirit, she was like, why am I the only person who can see it? And they were like, I don't know. They only interact with the head of the house. And she's like the executive chef at this restaurant. She talks to everybody. She lives there. And she's like, I'm not the head of the house. And even the like owner is like, no, you're the head of the house, basically. Like you are, <laughs> this is your ship. Yeah. There was a moment too when she went into his office and he like pointed out this like picture that had been there forever. He's like, you literally look at this every single day. <laughs> And you didn't notice it? She's very relatable. I really like Katie as a character. It was just so comical how people would just have to point things out to her. And she was like, okay, sure. As a person with ADHD, I totally get it. (laughs) Totally really. I can't imagine walking into a room almost every single day and just not noticing this (laughs) giant thing on the wall. I can and have. (laughs) Well... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's fine. It's subliminal message her. That would be like if I walked into this office and didn't know I had books. It would be like if you walked into your office and didn't know you had a specific book, which I have to write a list of what movies I own so that whenever I go to the, like the thrift store, if they have a movie I like, I can check the list to make sure I don't already have it. Well, I do that too because I have so many books, but I can still tell you what books I have. I just can't do it when I'm at a bookstore. Okay. All right. So you gotta- like I can tell you where every single book is because I have everything organized in here. Like the general vicinity, obviously not exact locations. This isn't a library, but it could be. But that's how we even read this in the first place. So it all comes back around. They're reorganizing the bookshelves. Yeah. I have to find a spot for seconds on the shelf because it didn't make it to the shelf before I had to read it. (laughs) But I think everyone should go read this. We have some recommendations, I believe. Janice, do you have a recommendation? I do. Uh, When I thought about it a lot, one of my favorite movies is a movie called The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. It's an animated movie by the director is Mamoru Hosoda. And uh, it's about a girl who finds a device that lets her travel back, like leap back in time uh, to a specific moment. And she can kind of control how long ago to jump back, depending on how big of a leap she does. And she similarly reckless with the ability to perfection change her day. Uh, has to go down a journey of learning lessons about being in control and letting life happen. Very good. I will have to check that out. My recommendation is Lumberjanes, because while it's not the same age group as this by any means, I feel like it has a similar vibe where you just get to know these characters and you end up really liking them. And that one doesn't follow one specific character in the same way that this follows Katie, but the characters are all just so fun. And I haven't read the entire series. I have the first five trades, but apparently there's 18 and a bonus one. So I have lots of reading to do still. But I remember reading the first few trades and just absolutely loving it. And then I fell off of it because Stephen King came calling. That's awesome. I really want to read those. They always seem cute. Yeah, they're really fun. And I think they're kind of geared more towards like, kids and preteens, but 
that never stops me from reading anything. I have. Yeah, mine is about a girl in high school, so it's fine. Yeah, I have like the YA Star Wars books that or like I, I have Star Wars books that are literally written as like children's stories. So I will read all of the kinds of stories. But that's my recommendation. I do want to make one last note on seconds. I love that it is blurbed by Guillermo del Toro on the back. Oh, sure enough. <laughs> I just love that because I can't, I can't really imagine him reading this, but I love that he did. And also to read a copy, like an advanced copy before its release to be on the jacket. Because this is, I don't know about yours, but I've got like the first printing. So like he got handed one of these and read it right away. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, and Scott McCloud has a blurb on it, which is much less surprising because he's written a bunch of books about comics and stuff. And I actually have one of his books that I need to read too. But yeah, that just caught me by surprise because I was like, is this a horror comic? Hey, Deanna, you know how you said you can look at something like you couldn't believe that she could look at something every day and not register anything about it? I have definitely read this quote and never read the three words Guillermo del Toro underneath it. <laughs> I love that for you, Janice. <laughs> but that's all we have for you today, Janice. Thank you for telling me to read this and for joining me to talk about it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a delight to get to read it again. It made a big difference. I was like, wow. I'm probably going to want to read this again once I've read other things on my shelves. So many things to read. So little time, Janice. I believe in you. You've got it. <laughs> 